everything we've done. And we've talked about, you know, incident management recently. We've talked about failing safely. We've hit on different aspects of incidents. We've had some guests that how can you continuously improve in certain areas like that. And what we've talked about for this one, this one was a little more um, out of the blue, I guess. But that's the good thing about it. What did you say? You want to you want to jump in? This one was a little out of the blue because it was an occurrence of what Joel saw. He was basically hunting hazards, but not meaning to hunt hazards and incidents. Yeah, there is there is there is there is meaning in that madness that that Langdon's talking about in terms of hunting hazards and and if you keep your eyes on LinkedIn, you will see that. And I think in in the next next couple of weeks. Um, it's actually it was actually how do i describe it langdon um it was it was a, a bit of a, a sort of check really in terms of actually why do we have these conversations why do we do this podcast um and and to set the scene we we, we have an office in manchester next to that office in manchester there's a really large construction site and i was over in manchester a couple of weeks ago and i'm coming out of the office and the office there's an underground car park, so I'm pretty good at bagging a space in the underground car park so that I don't have to use public transport to get there. I can just drive in, drive out. But it's a really it's a really tight sort of access and egress into that car park. So it's it, it's it's literally one car wide to get in or out. Um and, and as you come out now, there's there's hoard as soon as you come out, there's hoardings immediately in front of you where the building site is. So you you turn right out of the garage and then there's a left turn onto a one-way street. So you can only go one way down it and it's only wide enough for one vehicle. So I came around the corner onto the one-way street and there's a there's a truck there, Langdon. Truck. Do you notice I used the American word there? Big truck. Yeah, big, big truck. truck. Probably everyone, that means probably it was like a box truck <laughs> to a carrier, something like that. Not like a, not a Ram or anything well, like that. Well, we would call a lorry. Yeah, a lorry. Um, a lorry. That's a big trip. Big a truck. Big rig. Big, big truck. Um, big rig. And it had its. It, so it's sitting there with its, with with the back open, and 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 the, the I don't know what you call them. We call them hazard flashes. You know when the the indicators are flashing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's a guy on the back of it, and he's an oldish guy. I don't want to call him out in terms. I don't want to do him any disservice here, but he looks oldish to me. Um, and he's got a, 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 a motorized pallet truck and he's going to take a pallet of, of material off the back of this truck. So he's wheels it onto a tail lift, goes down on the tail lift. Um, and then he's, he's trying to wheel this pallet of goods onto a building site. Now, you can imagine what's, what's the ground, ground like on most construction sites. It's pretty uneven. Not not easy to wheel a pallet truck on, um, so he's struggling to get this this pallet of of goods onto onto the site. But he does it; he gets it just inside the sort of security fencing. And there's a guy there who's who's sort of receiving these goods. So he pulls the pallet truck out from underneath the pallet and shoves it behind himself. And then he goes back to this guy, turns around to him again to to sign for the goods that he's just received. So you think, fine. Um, I'm sat there waiting patiently as you do. And you know, I'm a patient man, Langdon. Yeah. Um, 
And the next thing, he takes a step backwards. He trips over his pallet truck. He falls over. And it's pretty obvious as soon as he stands up that he's broken his arm or broken his wrist. You can see that it's not really in a very natural position. Um, so it's the most innocuous of settings and the most innocuous of sort of scenes. And, and he's had what I would call a pretty serious incident. Um, and he goes to sit on the back of his truck. And the next thing is he's fainted and he's on the floor on the tail lift of the truck. Um, so this is getting worse by the minute. Um, and at this point, my, my, my wife said to me, well, what did you do? <laughs> and, and yeah. And, sh and shamefully I said, well, I didn't do anything. Um, I think I asked you the same thing. I think you asked me the same question well, and you did lay the guilt on me. Um, <laughs> but, but I suppose what, what I could say is I'm not health and safety trained. Um, and, and there was it was a construction site, and part of the sort of legal requirements in the UK is that you're going to have you're going to have some qualified people on there to deal with an incident like this. Um, but it just it just really struck me that this was such an innocuous set situation, and people sort of can sometimes belittle health and safety and say, "Why do we do it?" And it's for exactly this kind of reason that we try to get people to think about what it is that they're doing and, and the, the hazards that are, that are all around them, even in that most innocuous of, of, of settings. Um, but then it, it kind of got me thinking this, obviously you sit there and witness something like that and it, it kind of has an effect on you. Um, and it just got lots of things going through my head like then in terms of, okay, so, so what happens next? So as a business, if, if that's your driver in your truck okay what happens next you've got a truck probably half full of, of of deliveries that's sitting there now with no driver you've got a driver who's going to be off sick probably for a period of time and unable to drive his truck so it's going to affect him it's going to directly affect him and his family plus you've you've then got to get replacement driver in to 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 sort of carry on and 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 get that jo those jobs done, um, but the thing I thought was really interesting was sort of pondering around what happens when we've had an incident. So we we, we go and do the investigation, and the, I suppose it's what happens as a result of that investigation. And 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 for me, in 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 that situation, part of the result of your investigation might be that you set in place some kind of process when you're delivering onto a site in terms of how you use that piece of equipment, what you do with it once you've actually got the load onto site. And that might be something like, okay, once you've, once you've, once you've dropped the load, the first thing you do is you put the pallet truck back onto the tail lift or back onto the truck and then get the, then get the paperwork signed, um, which seems fairly logical. You put something simple in place that says we try and avoid this thing happening again. Um, but the thing that I thought was interesting was is, is what happens over time. Because over time, you might create this new risk assessment, new JHA, where you say this is the way that we do things. But then over time, 
as new people come in and that accident is forgotten, actually people start to maybe circumvent that control because they don't understand why it's there in the first place. Um, and, and, and what it does is delays them from being really quick and really efficient in terms of getting their job done, their, their round of deliveries done. Um, and I was talking to one of our colleagues who used to work for a very large international manufacturer and supplier of gases without mentioning any names. Um, and, 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 and I thought one of the really interesting, we were talking about this and, and she said that it's really interesting because that particular organization had a, had an, a, a, an ongoing process of actually revisiting historical incidents. And actually, I thought that was a great idea, Langdon. So revisit historical incidents so that you you have that refresh on a regular basis of actually, this is why we do things now. Yeah. Oh, I think, and, and even, you know, if you get to really large organizations and it can become, I guess, cumbersome, you know, it, it could even doing that. It It does go back to the point like what you and I, also talked about in regards to this and thinking a little more bit about it is how often, and, you know, let's make the assumption he wasn't going on the way the actual job was to be done. So maybe there wasn't an SOP, maybe there was, and he deviated from it. Um, you know, it, it even brings up to how often do we, do we review those? And, and then also if you have a lone worker, how often are we adhering to those even when they exist? Because to your point a second ago, maybe it's not the quickest way or, or whatever. How often are we cognizant of our surroundings? Are we cognizant of the way the job is supposed to be done? Are we revisiting the, those SOPs or the, if there's a job hazard analysis to understand you know, the surroundings, meaning what, what is around you that could lead to an incident and, and such. And those are the things that, if you don't do, it's pretty easy for an incident to happen, you know, and it's hopefully usually it's minor, but every once in a while, it's something like you're, you're saying now it's, I mean, it, it, in the big picture, I mean, he's alive, but you know what I mean? That's a pretty serious, he's to your point, he's out of, he's not going to be able to work because he's not going to be able to drive a truck because usually those are at least a manual. So he's probably going to have trouble shifting. So then you have to either figure out job rotation or he's going to be at home retraining, putting someone else on it. We didn't even talk about, what it actually did for that little while to the road itself. So it wasn't a thoroughfare. So people were going to have to be redirected in other ways. So there's a lot of rundown effects that, that came from that incident. And I think that's pretty, that's pretty common. How do we, how can we keep a good process fresh yeah. over time? Yeah. Yeah. And, it, I and mean, that's challenging. And it's really interesting, isn't it? I mean, I was thinking about a couple of other things relating to this because what, what, I, what, I was talking on a panel last week and one of the questions we got was was around how do you how do you get leadership buy-in to safety? Um, and, and actually, this is a really good example, isn't it, where actually safety in this situation saves a whole massive load of hassle and a massive load of cost um through some really simple things yeah so so through simple process 
you can avoid the, the chaos that this this would have caused because like you said it's blocked a road they've got to get somebody else out to to get the van to go and then complete those deliveries they've then got to um get temporary labor in they've got to train that temporary labor so that was one of the things i was thinking about is actually it's a really simple example isn't it of when an incident happens the job stops yeah so straight away that 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 has a, a repercussion on an organization and, and also then the knock-on effect is to get the job going again we need to get potentially retrained labor in in, in place um so I thought that that was one interesting point. The, the other interesting point was was I was reading an article in in a UK safety magazine, um, and it was talking about the sort of planning that we do when we when we're working on other people's sites. And this is working on somebody else's site, isn't it? It's delivering to somebody else's site, and and it just struck me as really interesting when you look at, again at the circumstances. So you've got a really tight, narrow thoroughfare, yeah? You've got very limited access into the site itself you, because there was a massive excavation and, and, and there was very little room around the, the sort of outside of that excavation, yeah? You've got really uneven ground, yeah? But I suppose the question I'm asking, Langdon, is I wonder how much pre-planning went into that delivery, or, or was it get the goods on the back of the wagon and take them to this location in Manchester? Yeah. And I dare say you're right. And then even when you're there, you know, you've got a job to do, you have a certain amount of time, you have to do it. So you, it's what we've talked about. It's I'm as safe as I have to be without being too safe in order to still maintain my own health, safety, and productivity. And it gets challenging. And I don't know, I, you know, something you, when you were just talking, I, I kind of came to me. I also wonder, I don't know how often ride-alongs are done over there. So that's something we used to do here. Even if you didn't ride with a carrier or, you know, whatever, you might go to different sites as your as the safe, just do quick inspections. You know, you know, a delivery is going, Hey, let's see if we can maybe follow for a few, see where they are, hit them different sites. And that's one of those. I wonder how routinely is that done to basically expect the unexpected meaning your every situation you go to is unexpected so how can you expect those potentially unexpected hazards that are there so because that's what that seems like honestly to a a large extent so for, for our for our british listeners just clarify what you mean by a ride along so <laughs> a ride along here you might have physically someone a safety or if you know there's someone else maybe it's not a straight safety manager but some someone else who has been designated in that role that can manage do inspections or audits or whatever they would ride along with the carrier in this case maybe how do you do today let's let's just hit some of the sites with you i'll go out with you watch you as you do the job so it's it's basically a extended assessment and just being with them, seeing how they operate. Um, a lot of times you might ride with that person, but even if you don't, I might be in my own vehicle, speaking with them, knowing where they're going. So I could go to be with you and go hit Jules's sites and I could go to where Jenny is or, you know, whatever. So that's, that's what a ride along. It's literally, I'm riding with them and going to their job sites. Can you do me a favor? Can you just say that? that word one more time because i really like the way you say it 
which is vehicle. Which one? Vehicle. Oh, vehicle. Ve- ve- vehicle. Yeah. Vehicle. Yeah. Okay. You gotta stretch the vehicle. Okay. <laughs> Automobile. Cool. Um, just to build on that same point of ride-alongs, because I think it's a really interesting one as well. Is is again as safety people it's that opportunity to coach isn't it and we've we've talked about coaching before and and it's something that that i'm really passionate about is is actually we can train people till we're blue in the face but actually sometimes it's that on the job sort of discussion that is really valuable in terms of just getting people to think yeah so a, a great example with this this incident that i've witnessed is just getting people to think in terms of, right, okay, might seem really innocuous, but what's the danger of just dragging the forklift truck, forklift, the pallet truck out, sorry, and, and just pushing it behind yourself, yeah? Um, it's not just a trip hazard for you, it's a trip hazard for people walking down that thoroughfare as well. Um, and, and again, it can seem really picky, can't it? And that, that's the problem with the, the, the sort of detractors of safety is they pick on things like that and say, Oh, you're just being fussy, but this shows why you need to sort of focus on those those small things, those marginal gains again that we've talked about previously. Um, so I thought it, it was a really interesting. Again, I wish I hadn't had to sit and watch it for for the guy's sake because it's it was just a really unpleasant thing. I mean, it's unpleasant to watch, but for this guy to break your arm is just really a pretty horrible thing. Um, but it's again like everything in life it's an opportunity to learn isn't it to to sit and ponder right what can we do differently um and i think one of the biggest sort of light bulb moments for me was that later conversation which said actually there's a value to going back and looking at those historical incidents just to keep reminding ourselves why do we why do we go and put the pallet truck back on on the on the tail lift before we get the good sign for oh we do it because that thing happened yeah and that's when actually people stick to stick to the good process and keep focused on on, on the good approach yeah yeah and that's why I likewise I, that idea the idea of annual reviews of your jhas annual reviews of your sops of the process you know your standard operating procedures whatever it is because when you do that if you're looking at your past incidents, when you're reviewing those, when you make it a focus that you have to do annually, it keeps it fresh and it keeps everyone aware of, of why are we doing this, especially, and even if it's not organizationally wide, if at least if they can do it to what they pertain to. So drivers, what, what hazards have you experienced? What incidents have you experienced? What's the process? That's, that's when you start seeing, that's part of that continuous improvement, continually learning because crap happens. You know, and that's you're only a, a second away. I, I like what you said because I think that's right. We may, I don't want to say detractors from safety, but it, you know, why are you doing something that way? Well, because it's a safe way and you might get laughed at or whatever, but ultimately, if it is the safest way while you're still being productive, where you're still able to provide a quality job or whatever, there is a reason. I mean, it could be me at home. When I trim shrubs outside, oh, I need to go get my glasses right quick. Well, I'm not wearing my glasses. Well, there's a reason. I got a thorn in my eye. You know, I mean, whatever it is, it could be however minor, however serious. I mean, there's 
there's adverse effects that occur. And just to always make the assumption that it's not going to happen to us. Unfortunately, it's probably going to happen or it could happen at some point, just as much to you as me. And there is an absolute rule of thumb, isn't there, Langdon, that safety people are the worst in the world when they're at home doing odd jobs for not doing things properly. And then Truly. they've been doing themselves. So, so, yes. so that's an even better reason for going and getting the safety gear. Um, I, I do think you've just come up with a great title for the pod, though, which is, is Crap Happens. Or maybe How Do We Stop Crap Happening? That might, might, might be a better one. Um, and, and I think sort of wrapping up, I think another another great point you've picked up on there, and, and again, is, is is really important to think about, is how often do you go back and, and, and check those SOPs, those JHAs, those risk assessments? Um, again, just through experience of a lot of organisations, if you haven't got your systems right, it's really challenging sometimes to make sure that, that those simple reviews happen that remind us why do we do this the way that we do it? And just, again, not just reviewing the risk assessment as, as a supervisor or a manager, but reviewing it with the people who are actually going to use the risk assessment on a daily basis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So a, a slightly different pod there, but we just thought actually it was really worth just taking this this real situation and sort of just talking through some of the possible learning points that we we could all take from it and um and and so my thoughts go out to the guy hope he's recovering well and um yeah and and let's try and avoid those things happening in in our organizations so good to see you langdon do you want to i mean i think it's the perfect time for you to say your line this truly is a perfect scenario everyone when you're out there when you're on your job when you're in life we'll talk to you next time but watch each other's back out there stay safe Thanks, Langdon. Thanks, Jules. Hey, everyone. Really appreciate you tuning in to this episode of Two Bald Guys Talking Safety. Please follow and subscribe to wherever you stream your favorite podcast or visit us at evotix.com. And if you want to see how follically challenged we really are, come and check us out on YouTube. If you've got value from the podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts and in the review section of this podcast, if you could leave us a review or a rating, that would be great. And as always, everyone, while you're going about your days, about your normal lives, stay safe out there and watch each other's back. <laughs>